Okay, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast where we are almost done with the Chalice of the Gods. We have a returning special guest today, and we need to head to Mount Olympus in a unique fashion. So come with us on the journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Carter, what's up? Hi. Hi, everyone. Greetings, greetings. Owen. Yeah? You're our special guest today. Returning. <gasps> no, never. All the way from... Where do you live? Britain, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, mm-hmm. British Isles. Owen, coming to us live from the British Isles. We are going to be talking about chapters 28 through 31 today. Before we ask Owen some Chalice of the Gods-themed questions today. We have to thank a few brand new patrons. So thank you to Reina, Abby, and of course, Maddie, who won trivia, and her dad, Tom, who signed up <laughs> under that exact username. Um, we love you guys so much. Seeing this email notification in my inbox literally made my whole week. So thank you, Maddie, who won trivia, and her dad, Tom, for joining us on Patreon. Shout out to Patreon. Make sure you subscribe to our Patreon because there's a whole bunch of stuff that's coming up, including but not limited to watch parties for every episode. So lots of content. Make sure to join patreon.com slash brain. Okay, Patreon plug is over. Owen. Hello. We have to ask you a question. If there were a chalice of Owen, what would it dispense? Yeah, what's the chalice of Owen dispensing? Well, my default drink is lemonade. Aww. But like, just to clarify, like my lemonade, so like Schweppes and like San Pellegrino, not like lemon water oh. and sugar. Oh. Okay, okay. Very specific branded lemonades. San Pellegrino is so good. <laughs> Got it. So good. I guess we should also ask you, you finished the book probably like immediately after it came out, right? Yeah. And what was your overall thought? I loved it. I've never had a, like a, a reaction to a book like I did that one, this one before. So it was like, it was a very different kind of like, yeah, feeling. What was, <laughs> what was the reaction in addition to, yeah? I know, I just, I just resonated, I guess is the word you could use. Mm. yeah just resonated and different to like any other book has ever before so that was just fun wow it resonated because of course we are all in our old age (laughs) and wrestling with that (laughs) all right and so percy stops wrestling with old age starts giving him a hug i love you bro and that's where we open up on chapter 28 it starts raining toys he talks about his grandparents a lot i never knew my mortal grandparents I suppose Cronus was technically my grandpa, but I tried not to think about that. Now I imagined what it would have been like to know my mom's parents. They died when she was really young. In fact, when they died, they'd been younger than my mom was now. That kind of blew my mind. Did they laugh with the same kind of joy my mom did? Had she inherited her love of cooking or writing from them? Did they hum as they walked in the rain without an umbrella, or was that just a Sally thing? If they hadn't died so young, they could have been there for my mom during her hardest years. They could have gotten to know me. Maybe Garrus wasn't such a bad guy despite his questionable loincloth fashion choices. As I hugged him, I imagined that I was hugging my grandparents and also embracing the idea of getting older and looking back on a great life, thinking, well, we made it. Yeah, we'll die someday, maybe soon, but we had a pretty good run, didn't we? 
I pictured myself holding hands with Annabeth when we were both wrinkly and frail, and I still looked into her eyes and loved her as much as ever. I imagined ruffling Grover's gray hair when he fell asleep on a garden bench, telling him, Wake up there, G-man! Food's ready! I imagined us sitting around a table together, sharing a good meal, and laughing about all the crazy things we'd done in our lives, including that time I wrestled the god of old age in Washington Square Park. I do kind of love the whole, we had a good one, didn't we? Like, that just, that's where it should be, isn't it? That's yeah. like where you should try, <laughs> that's where you should aim to end up, is look, be able to look back and go, it went all right, we did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> High fives all that. It really does feel like Rick's perspective being put in here. It's very sweet. Sally walking in the rain without an umbrella. I just want to say <laughs> that there's going to be some characterization of Sally Jackson, oh, yeah. I think, that we're going to learn more about that we can't talk about. And that like wow. Sally and the relationship between Percy and Sally in the TV show is just greatly expanded upon. I wonder how you know this. We know about that from Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing um, else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. But yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's all coming together. Like I think the pieces are really <laughs> like this book being dedicated to Walker, Leah, and Arian. It makes a lot of sense. You can feel how they have infused into the book characters. Here's some new beginnings. Oh, okay. We wrestle with old age. We talk it out. We hash it out, right? Yeah. There's one line where Percy says, "If you really feel like the end of my life should be right now, we can keep throwing each other around the playground." Gary says, technically, I was throwing you around. I was winning. Percy says, I didn't respond. It seemed like the smart choice. That's on growing older. I thought, wow. <laughs> Some more examples of regulating his thoughts, letting them pass through that filter. He said, let me not say something snarky that's going to get me killed. But Giras is, is gagged. He is, he is very moved by this moment because no one has ever done this before. He is shooketh. Yeah, 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 yeah. This characterization is very striking because of, I think the power dynamics implicit in these cross-generational relationships sort of have this character where, like, I don't know, there's something about living in a gerontocracy in America where I think it can be easy to feel resentful of and afraid mm. of people who are older because they are, well, in the case of America, actively ruining the you know world for the rest of us. <laughs> but, As Rick um, said in his Boomers chapters. But but there is also the emotional truth of their experience and the flip side, which is that, you know, being old is scary and that um, they don't feel appreciated and that it requires emotional effort to connect across that, mm. that chasm. And that is what Giras is giving us, this like switch at a moment's notice from anger and frustration and just destroying your life to being moved and um, <laughs> showing a lot of vulnerability and a need for emotional care that was not satisfied. Also, shout out to Percy for again saying, oh, this is the thing Hercules did. I'm going to not do that. Let me set my own path. Let me chart my own course. Let me rewrite culture and mythology. Nobody ever defeated Gary until now. And we didn't. I didn't defeat him, but I found another way to call a truce with him through love and empathy and not brute strength or brute force. Titan's Curse Percy would be so proud right now, I think. If you take it on a more literal sense that he is old age, I feel like a lot of younger people these days, I don't know, it might just be me <laughs> noticing this around the world, that like a lot of people literally just talk about being older as a thing you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And Percy's like, wow, it's going to happen. Might as well just go, yeah, I'm going to get old, but... I'm not going to fight the fact that I'm going to get old. I'll mm -hmm. embrace it. 
you know, literally yeah. put the metaphor, smash it on the head. Right. <laughs> As Percy says, you know, embrace your old age, but also, you know, um, do crossword puzzles and um, apply your face sunscreen. Yeah, put on sunscreen, yeah, yeah. make sure you're doing <laughs> daily physical exercise and uh, embrace crosswords. old age. But like, bone density up while you're young, you know. Um, yeah, it's important. Balance, flexibility. Yeah. But Are you don't talk to health? me about bone density. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> Did you just say don't talk to me about bone density? Apparently I have weak bones. Uh, well, Aww, it's not too Owen. late. <laughs> when Percy says, I'll keep exercising, do a bunch of crossword puzzles, Gary curled his lip. We were having a nice moment. Don't ruin it. <laughs> and then as he snaps his fingers and poofs away, you know how all the gods poof in different ways? He poofs in a gray cloud of talcum powder. Rick said, let me make another joke about old people real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he poofs away the chalice poofs into the air and percy catches it and grover is impressed and annabeth is proud okay so we've accomplished the mission almost it feels like this has been the big battle but now percy has to actually deliver the chalice initially percy's like we need to get a message to ganymede but we find out that ganymede actually knows and that he is maybe in trouble because what falls out of the sky after the chalice a hula hoop. A hula hoop because Ganymede is an eternal child playing with toys. No, no, no. <laughs> As Percy says, yeah, that doesn't make Zeus's abduction of him one bit less creepy. Annabeth reads the message, determines that Zeus has called Monday morning brunch for some reason, for no reason, because he felt like it. And so Ganymede, it's on the line right now. We have to hurry. I, I, you know, we've been asking for the brunch book and I had no idea that this is what it was going to come to. We've been <laughs> talking about the brunch book and here's a brunch, but it's not the brunch we wanted. It's not the brunch we wanted. <laughs> Maybe it's the brunch we deserved. Ooh. It's not the brunch oh, we needed wow. either. <laughs> Annabeth says, Zeus is having his mom over for a family get together right now. They're having brunch and then we flip the page and on the other side (laughs) i teeter on the precipice of mount brunch is there anything more terrifying than brunch i said what what are you talking about percy this was homophobic (laughs) if there's one thing i'm gonna erase from the canon it's going to be percy not liking brunch i'm gonna go "Eh, it doesn't make erase that why wouldn't percy like brunch percy would love breakfast foods and percy would wake up late maybe he doesn't like brunch because he's 17 years old and he hasn't had good brunch yet but also i find that hard to believe because selling knows how to cook percy likes the food of brunch but hates the social aspect of brunch. but that also irritates me (laughs) he wrestles with old age and once he can come to accept and appreciate his old age and like march into his old age he has to come to accept his 20-somethings. He will come to accept brunch. (laughs) I think he will wrestle with brunch in his very early 20s, and then as a mid-20-something, he is going to embrace brunch. Here's hoping. Wow. We can generously assume this is just like, you know, another another step in his journey. But we do have to infiltrate brunch. We have to infiltrate brunch and deliver the chalice, but we have to do it sneakily, unlike all the other times we've been to Olympus. Mission Impossible style. <laughs> yeah, we have to we have to heist it. But instead of a heist to steal something, it's a heist to replace something. We're, we're hatching a plan in the car. It involves Grover exploiting his network of connections and involves Annabeth lending Percy the cap of invisibility. This is so wild. this when we had this moment, I had to pause and be like, has this not happened before? Hasn't Percy worn the cap? At some point in the Titan's Curse, maybe when she left it behind. Percy definitely, okay, okay, Titan's Curse. We're in Washington, D.C. Percy is spying on Atlas and Dr. Thorne and watching the birth of the saber-toothed cats. 
is he not? He's wearing the invisibility hat, right? That Annabeth left behind. See, I also, I also, I also was like, no, this has happened before. It has happened rarely, but it's happened before. Yes. And yet when he gets the hat, he claims... I don't think he says this is the first time, but he has this new experience. It's like tingling. He's experiencing a physical sensation that he says that is new and he didn't know was associated with wearing the hat. But I'm he has it worn up. it before. Yes. In the Titan's <laughs> Curse, I'm on the Riordan fandom. When Annabeth is abducted during the fight with the Manticore, she loses her cap and it is recovered by Percy from the snow. Percy keeps the cap and uses it to eavesdrop on Atlas and Luke. Oh, exactly. Yes. I, so on the money there, Carter. Carter, you were literally on. The, good for you. Come on, memory. You said, let me take my omega threes. Let me do my crossword puzzles. I've got to keep <laughs> the mind sharp in my old age. I have actually been doing crosswords recently. It's wild. I don't know if it is actually helpful for you, but we're doing them. I'm terrible at crosswords. I just don't know enough general knowledge. I have to get back on my my spelling bee game. Spelling, Your time spelling you know, bee. I think the one that you would enjoy most I'm just going to say this because it's the one that I think is like the most fun, but also manageable is connections from the New York times where it's like 16 words and you have to like bin them up into groups of four where the binnings are connect. increasingly strange, but it's like crosswords. I think there's a huge barrier to entry because you have to learn all these weird quirks of like, mm. for instance, like, so do I is like a phrase that frequently shows up in crosswords. But when I started doing them, I was like, this is irritating. Why would I expect this? This is dumb. And you have to yeah. just learn it because, like, it's a combination of vowels that's useful. And, like, it's a thing that they do every week. When there's a question mark at the end, it means the answer is, like, a dumb pun that would appeal to, like, a 50-something-year-old, you mm. know? Do you have a New York Times Games account? I I don't do crosswords by myself. Right. So you have, you're using someone else's. Got it. Got it. Maybe that's my Christmas. I want to ask that for my parents this year. New York hmm. Games. <laughs> I think it is a good one for, like, you know, you to connect with. I should say this from my perspective. I'm trying to connect with my aging parents by forcing them to do New York Times games, and then we like share scores and stuff. Yeah, they're not they're not taking the bait, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> my father is too busy. Dad, listening to this, is too busy <laughs> managing our house's electricity uh, production and consumption on the little web app to to play a game of connections for three minutes in the middle of the day. I guess. He has to monitor the water heater levels. Gotta optimize that. He needs to say what time of day am I going to run the dishwasher so that I can save, what, a kilowatt hour or something in net when we're overproducing electricity right now for our house? Dad's in STEM. <laughs> Dad's in STEM. <laughs> uh, he knows how I feel about this. Dad, New York Times connections. <laughs> I sent you the link. <laughs> we, can all, we can make a group chat with my parents and your parents and we can all share our scores. And they're going to be like, please stop doing your touch connection. <laughs> they're going to ignore our messages. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Annabeth has to go to school. Yes. Annabeth has to go to school, which is important because she cares. Star student. You need to, you school? need to attend your courses. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just Percy and Grover. Percy and Grover are going up and they're ironing out the final details of this plan, which involves the fact that Grover specifically knows Naomi, who is the head of the kitchens on Mount Olympus. Like a, some sort of high level employee yeah. there. Who can let Percy in, sneak him in through the kitchen. He can use a hat of invisibility. We have a plan. This is interesting details that Grover's like, you can't use the invisibility cap to Humble. hide yourself from the gods because they're going to see you. But maybe it'll just make you look unimportant. So we're going to go with that and hope that they just like don't notice him. What ensues is a big sitcom trope that Rick him calls himself out on several times. Percy is going to get to the kitchen. He's going to do the secret knock, shave and a haircut, which... I hope everybody would understand that reference, but I don't know. If you didn't grow up in tap class, maybe you don't know what that is. Shave and a haircut is da 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 
<laughs> now you know. <laughs> I I didn't know that. I thought it was British this whole time. <laughs> that is what it is, Owen. But without the extra at the end. There's a tag at the end. Shave and haircut, two bits. Where if you're knocking, that like person responding on the other side of the door is supposed to like respond with the like two bits part or something, you know, something like that. Now you know. And we're gonna we're gonna meet Naomi. We're gonna hide in a cart. Yes, he's going to do the thing where he is underneath the tablecloth in a serving cart and gets and wheeled he, into the room. And he <laughs> asks too for a fake waiter costume and a mustache and is denied that, which I thought was sad. We should have just given it to him for the full bit. But before we get there, we have to actually get up the elevator. Yes, and we have to talk to the Empire State Building uh, lobby attendant. We were there, Owen. We were there. Yeah. It was beautiful, mm-hmm. right? That giant wall behind that main desk is so stunning. Yeah. The Art Deco design. Wow. Compass, map of Manhattan. The design is beautiful. Then there's this bit that the Empire State Building security guard, he is reading a giant book. I'm disappointed he didn't name it this time, you know? <laughs> there's like a non-zero chance that we see what book the security guard is reading in the series. Does anybody want to... Put in a guess or a bet for what that book might be. A book that Rick would want the children to know about. I don't. I'm gonna say Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna say Jules Verne, Ten Thousand Leagues. Hmm. What are you gonna say, Owen? I'm gonna say an RRP. An RRP book. Okay. Yeah. And then if we see them again, just different RRP book every time. You know. Yeah. It would make sense for That'd it to be, be a, a Disney bet. property. Mm-hmm. Mm. Get, the, get the cross promo in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Apparently. Because we have to sneak up to Mount Olympus, this includes sneaking past the security guard. So Grover is going to go full Grover distraction, and he's going to take the hula hoop from Ganymede and start hula hooping his furry little behind off while playing his pipes, <laughs> so that the security guard is so distracted by this abomination of lobby <laughs> performance that Percy can sneak into the elevator. Yes. What does Grover perform? Grover, fascinating music taste as always, it is Get Lucky by Daft Punk and Pharrell from 2013. That song... Now, listeners, is 10 years old. Wow. How old does that make you feel? (laughs) What year is this set in? We'll never know. (laughs) We'll never know. Grover does that. Percy sneaks in. The elevator, since we're tracking the old music references, is playing I Got You, Babe, which Percy considers to be, what does it say? He refers to it as the allegedly soothing sounds. Shade. Shade. I think, because the lift is always, like, supposed to be, like, punny in some way it's like music from that era of time right like it's also supposed to be like punny like the like on when they're going up to in like last olympian or something it's like staying alive or something stupid like that we've had it's raining men before we've had staying alive i think yeah <laughs> right but also percy in the same chapter has came for brunch he's come for share we need to, <laughs> he needs to slow his roll a bit on um Attacking icons of the queer community. Um, so how is I Got You, Babe, a pun here? Something about helping Ganymede? I don't know. Because he's a baby? Because he's a small child <laughs> that was abducted by Zeus? I could see that. It, like, fits the, the, the time story that they've broadly been telling about what the music is on the elevator up there. Yeah. Mm, the, like gen- the genre. Easy listening. Okay. So to the tunes of Get Lucky fading into the distance and I Got You, Babe, playing in the elevator, we make it up to, to Mount Olympus. We're making it up here. We're hoping that Zeus is not, quote, 
calling for a round of demigod tier mimosas. I was going to read a quick, as, as but Percy's musing as he as he gets up to the gates of Mount Olympus. The chalice grew heavier in my arms. It seemed to tug me forward as if sensing thirsty gods who needed a refill. I hoped I wasn't going to have a Frodo moment where I got to the threshold of Mount Brunch with my magic item, and then, instead of handing it over, became visible, yelled, Ha ha! The cup is mine! And drank the immortality-flavored Kool-Aid. Zeus would probably make me the minor god of canopies. Annabeth would be so mad. I love the continuous references to Lord of the Rings that Rick makes and how cool it is that the man who designed the Lord of the Rings movies is designing his life's work now. I think that's really cool for Rick. I bet he thinks that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> okay, okay, chapter 30. I infiltrate the lair of Lightning God 3000. Most of this chapter, I would say, is Percy just kind of fumbling, going up the side. Or not most of the chapter, it's like two pages. He's like going outside Mount Olympus. He's executing the plan. He meets Naomi. We're going in the kitchen through the back door. Everything is going to plan. We should talk about Annabeth, her invisibility cap, giving him the creepy crawly sensation. The itchy skin, yes. Like turmoil. My skin felt like it was being baked into a crispy pork rind. I wondered how Annabeth dealt with this and also whether Olympus had any pharmacies that sold cortisone cream. It's giving. All magic. Come with with a price. <laughs> and he also makes a comment in the previous chapter, leave it up to Athena to give a magical mm-hmm. item that has a built-in, what's the word he uses? Disincentive. A built-in disincentive. Big word from Percy. She was like, Annabeth, I'm going to give you something, but you can only use it as a last resort. You need to like use your wits first, and then you can use the magic at the very end. That's such a rich detail. And so and interesting she just to think stands about- in the lightning thief. With that on, feeling the itchies while they have the <laughs> conversation for about 10 minutes or whatever it is. She's just standing there in the corner. <laughs> the fact that she follows Percy around invisible for much of the beginning of The Lightning Thief, that's how dedicated mm-hmm. she is to like getting the tea on him. To f- getting her quest, yeah. And the sea of monsters as well. And the sea of monsters, yeah. Every time she's used it, she's been dealing with this is so Annabeth. She's probably got used to it now. <laughs> just like a reminder, oh yeah, I'm invisible, I've got tinglies. Termites is not that far off from like spiders though, so I feel like that's really specific. The sensation of ooh, all the bugs crawling over you, that must be particularly hard for Annabeth. But yeah, I guess she's used to it now. I don't know. There's a quick reference to a Hephaestus made steampunk rhinoceros thing trundling across the street that we just have to put a flag in because I don't think... Can we say anything else about this? Comic-Con? It was in the Comic-Con sneak peek okay. footage. <laughs> An act, yes. That scene was in the first six minutes of episode one. There is a Hephaestus-made steampunk rhinoceros thing trundling along the street. Reference. Yeah, that was not in the actual lightning thief, but it's here. It is. In the Chalice of the Gods. <laughs> oh, so cool. I love that these worlds are blending together. Because I wonder if we're going to be like, you know how Marvel fans have had to do the whole like, well, there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then there's like the world of the <laughs> comics. I wonder if eventually we're going to have to separate like the two or if we can just kind of take everything to be canon. It's going to be an, an interesting fan conversation we can have after the show is out. I don't think anything's <laughs> going to be massively changed, but you know. Yeah, it depends how much they change it, I guess. Yeah. Depends how much Hermes being Las Vegas changes everything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love the descriptions of Mount Olympus. And this is Annabeth's Olympus as well, isn't it? This is Annabeth's Olympus. <gasps> oh my God. I didn't even think about that. You're so right, Owen. This is the Olympus <laughs> that she has been redesigning and rebuilding this entire time. God, my girl has too many jobs. She needs some downtime. Sagittarius coffee. Annabeth said there needs to be some cafes. 
Important. We make it to the kitchen. Delightful detail. Percy says, I'm actually a friend of Marin's. And Naomi responds, no, you're not. Marin doesn't have friends. <laughs> but she does let him in. <laughs> Percy says, I'm not sure what I expected in a godly kitchen. If I'm being honest, I'd never considered whether the gods even had kitchens. I mean, they could snap their fingers and create anything they wanted. Why go to the fuss of having someone cook for you? Now, as I looked at all the nymphs rushing from oven to stovetop, pulling cloud stuff out of the air and mixing it into their soups and pies, like strands of cotton candy, I realized that the gods want servants fussing around, making things for them, the same way they liked it when mortals burned offerings. It was all about being noticed, attended, catered to. Gods ate the spotlight more than they ate nectar and ambrosia. Of course they would insist on things being done the hard way. So, so Percy gets into the bottom of the dining cart. We're rolling him away. He does not get the waiter costume, unfortunately, because Naomi is at work. She cannot be bothered. Fair. <laughs> um, and we get a mini tour of Zeus's private residence, which is different. Percy, every time he's been up to Olympus, basically previously has beelined straight to the, what do we call it? The like hall of the gods, like the place where they have the council meetings with the 12 of them. And there's a hearth in the middle. It's where he like, you know, begged Zeus and decided God's not to start a war against chamber. each other. It's where we had the Solstice meeting in Titan's Curse. It's where we fought Kronos in The Last Olympian. But we're not going there now. We're in Zeus's private palace. And we're noticing, A, it looks like a cross between a Roman temple and a Beverly Hills bachelor pad, I think is what they say. There is a humongous game room. That's where the t chapter title comes from. Because he has pinball arcade machine based on himself. Himself being Zeus. Like, he has a lot of old-timey arcade games about the king of Olympus, and one of them is Lightning God 3000, which apparently Percy has played on Coney Island. I just looked it up, and I don't think that's a real thing. Yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. I don't think I've ever seen in a Dave & Buster's or anything a <laughs> Zeus-themed arcade game, but maybe we haven't been looking hard enough. Maybe we need to go back to Dave & Buster's. Does anyone want to go to Dave & Buster's with me? No. No! <laughs> you don't want to go to the Ward Dave & Buster's, Carter? That's literally where I spent we every Ward, cool Saturday night of my childhood. To watch Renaissance and Saltburn and what else is playing right now? And then go to Dave & Buster's. No. Boogie Beppo, Beppo and straight home. Jinx! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where, where were we? Oh, oh, we get wheeled into the actual dining room. Percy is under the cart making observations about everybody. Shading Hera. Not shading Rio. We're okay with Rio. But that's the first time we've seen Rio, right? Chronologically. 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 Canon timeline. Because Rio, of course, also appears in The Trial of Apollo. Because the Grove of Dodona is sacred to her, right? Yeah. I like this. She wore a tie-dyed caftan-style dress with silver banglets on each arm. It's giving grandma goddess, for sure. She's a glamma, you know? Lion at her feet. I can't Lion yeah. at her um, feet. I'm kind of picturing her as Cher in <laughs> Mamma Mia. I see it. Athena, Hermes, Demeter. A bunch of people are there. Percy makes eye contact with Ganymede. And it dawns on Percy that Ganymede cannot come to him. Percy is going to need to walk across Zeus's dining room. He's going to need to make a run for it across the floor of brunch and, and hand over the chalice. We're also getting nice little excerpts of what Zeus likes to talk about at brunch, which is mostly himself, as you might imagine. On brand. On brand. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we're, we're, we just have to hope that Zeus is so distracted by telling his own life story that Percy can sneakily hand over the chalice, which he will attempt to do in chapter 31. I face a dangerous predator who is possibly my future mother-in-law. My future mother-in-law? Again with the marriage! Perseus! Perseus oh my Jackson! God. You are 17 years old. Percy, uh, you need to get that degree. You need to focus need, yeah. on focus on yourself. <laughs> and that's coming from us. <laughs> you know you've got to listen to it. Comes from I mean, yes, it's cute. But also, 
slow down. It is cute. We we would like to see it at some point. But also, what is that point? That point is after you you both, you know, we want it to be a two income household. Let's say that. Plus, he's probably got a timeline built in his head. He's probably like, so we'll do we'll do uh, we'll do finish college, then maybe like two years, then I'll propose, and then we'll get married in like four. And You're gonna like, have to wait for Annabeth after. to be done with her PhD. I don't know. Yeah, we we will not be having this child bride nonsense. Um, it's giving you... like maybe thirty one, thirty two. <laughs> We can have a long engagement. You can be engaged as oh, a PhD yeah. student. Like mid-PhD engagement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half of Annabeth's PhD engaged, and then she, like, finishes her dissertation, and then they plan the wedding. Probably, yeah. You're going to wait until she's on the tenure track to actually have the ceremony. Celebrate the doctorship with getting married, you know? Yeah, it's oh, like sure, a, par- yeah. it's a dual party. It's a summer off. It's her summer off before <laughs> she starts teaching at New Rome. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Athena's coming. That's that's the. But for wait, can we please read this inter- interaction at the start of thirty one on two thirty seven? The only tough part was convincing Barbara, my new best friend and dryad server, to push me as close to Ganymede as possible, as he's hiding in the pastry cart. Her price? I want to meet Annabeth Chase. She said, "I want a selfie and an autograph." I, really? She's my hero. Barbara said, "No, I get that. She's my hero too. I just..." I decided not to elaborate. I'd been prepared for Barbara to demand something much more difficult, like a personal quest or a box of gold foil collector's edition Mythomagic cards. I can definitely arrange a meet and greet. Deal, (laughs) she said cheerfully. But if you're discovered, I have no idea who you are or how you got into the cart, and I will scream, Demigod, kill him! Cool? I would expect nothing less. (laughs) This is so fun i love annabeth being famous because she designed mount olympus you guys are so right like it would make sense that everybody knows her here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it tracks it's a lovely detail we're we're off on our way zeus is telling a story <laughs> i find this quite funny zeus is lying and i think that's an important plot detail if you're listening at some point in the future um george santos has just been um removed from congress and there's something so lovely about this detail of zeus just for no reason complaining about the angry llamas of his childhood in crete are there no llamas in crete llamas are from south america i've seen emperor's new groove (laughs) anyway we're we're moving along except that zeus the story is not a distraction it is the opposite zeus is so enraptured in the story that he must stop barbara from pushing the pastry cart across the hall because it is interrupting the flow of the story oh shucks what are you gonna do now buddy yeah it's tough percy is trying to figure out how he is going to make the rest of this journey, given that Barbara cannot continue. He's looking at the lion, he's looking around, and then he makes eye contact with Athena. And they have this little interaction on page 241. The conversation went something like this. Athena. Why? Me. Quest. Sorry. Trying to hide. Athena. Under a pastry cart? That is so cliched. Me. Yeah, I know. Athena. I can't believe my daughter is still dating you. Me. Love is a mystery. Please don't kill me. Athena, dot, 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 me, dot, 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 dot. She popped her head back up while Zeus went on with his story. I waited for the goddess to interrupt and reveal my identity. So anyway, the first llama, Zeus was saying. Ganymede? Athena interrupted. Would you be a sweetheart and take that pastry cart back to the kitchen? I don't see any clotted cream for the scones, and that's a deal breaker. Is this supposed to be like afternoon tea or lunch? (laughs) You can have scones at brunch. School us on scone etiquette. Athena is trying to throw Percy a lifeline here, and she eventually succeeds. Ganymede has to go to the pastry cart and take it into the kitchen. We need to, okay, unfortunately, I do think we need to read a short excerpt. Zeus, Zeus is initially upset because he wants Ganymede to hear the end of the story, which I think is such a 
how would we say? Unfortunately, vivid detail of how predatory relationships work. Um, yeah. And then um, Zeus says, um, hmm, hurry back. Or don't, Hera muttered. Take your time. The cart started to move. I couldn't tell if it was shaking because of the wheels or because Ganymede was coming apart. Behind us, Zeus mumbled. I do love watching him walk away. Oh my god. Could you not at the brunch table? Hera asked through what sounded like clenched teeth. Wow. I was a little bit gagged to read this. That oh. there's yeah. actual uh, sexual predation uh, happening uh, in this Disney Hyperion book. Uh, we really are setting up the Zeus big bad book. So we all get together and defeat Zeus to install fully automated luxury gay space communism on Olympus book. <laughs> I feel like the bad big bad of the crossover is not going to be Jesus anymore. It is going to be Zeus. It, it kind of feels be. like that's where we're going. That's true. Like none of the other, none of the other gods who are still around in any of these other pantheons that we've been exploring have been as thoroughly dickish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah portrayed as problems to the extent that Zeus has. Yeah. I would believe it. I would believe it. Big man, yes. little dignity. Yes. So Percy completes the quest, gives Ganymede the chalice. Ganymede gives him a blank recommendation later. Bish bash bosh. He gets a goodie bag and goes home. <laughs> yeah, a demi bag for the road from the kitchen. And the joke that made me actually snort. I glanced at Barbara the Dryad. Thanks for your help. I'll arrange that meet and greet with Annabeth. Awesome. It must be such a thrill to work for her. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, I've said this book is very funny, but I think this is this line I actually out loud. No, no snorted that was a alone in my house i <laughs> laugh that is so funny he does work for her everybody works for her yeah oh my god wow how do we feel percy's basically accomplished the quest we're gonna have a few chapters of wrap up we i think are still a little bit unresolved about zeus and ganymede's whole relationship but we're done percy accomplished the goal we're gonna keep it pushing yeah it's like how, I feel, how do we feel i'm glad that we bought ganymede some time with the chalice but i certainly feel bad that we are like leaving him in this situation with this awful man who kidnapped him, you know? Mm -hmm. What about you, Owen? It's a, uh, it's a bit gucky, isn't it? It's a bit gucky, a bit yucky. The whole thing's a bit gucks. And it's like Percy's like throughout the book, he starts with Ganymede being another annoying God asking for another annoying task. And then it slowly shifts to sympathizing with him and going, oh no, you are just as much of a victim as I am. Yeah. To mm -hmm. this whole world. But Percy's only mechanism to make Ganymede's life any better is to ensure he can do his job. And there's, there's, yeah, you kind of hope that maybe one of the other books that are, might come out for the trilogy, that we kind of revisit this and maybe somehow get him out in other ways. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, maybe as Percy does these mini quests for all these different gods to get these rec letters, we see more details of how crappy Zeus is and how everybody has to report to Zeus and like lives in fear of Zeus. And we witness more of his behavior as we're spending more time around these gods so that by the end, we really have to figure out a way to take him out of power. I don't know that we need additional evidence that Zeus is terrible, but sir, if that's don't. the way the rest of it's going to go, then I think that would also make sense. Yeah. How to how mm -hmm. to form a polite revolution. That's what this book that's what the book's are about. How to form a polite revolution. <laughs> Without going to war is basically what I'm trying to say. We have an intervention where all the people he's hurt say, We're not gonna take shit from you anymore. And they sit down in a circle and they're like, This is how you've behaved. How do you feel about that? 
fantasy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Owen, would you like to share any final thoughts on this book or on, on Persebeth coming out of this book? A lot of people have said this is the book for Persebeth fans. So do you believe that the greatest love story ever told after this book? I mean, it, it, it bumped it up. Yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> I know. You just get to see them being together in normal scenarios, which I think just helps my brain contextualize them as a couple. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that's all we have, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, in that case, thank you, Owen, for being here, for joining us. Thanks for letting me on. And next week, we will be back to finish the Chalice of the Gods with a brand new special guest. <gasps> Very exciting. And we have a special treat if Owen is okay with it. I think that we should close out this episode instead of our usual closing music. Owen <laughs> wrote a Perry the Platypus Percy Jackson crossover song and recorded it and shared it with us. And I want to share it with everyone because what are two better more cohesive Disney properties than Percy Jackson and Phineas and Ferb. Doobie doobie doobie. Feel free to uh, cut it down a bit because, yeah. No, I'm playing no. the whole thing. I'm playing Three the whole thing. Minutes. <laughs> Extended cut. Thank you, Owen. And everyone, please enjoy Percy the Platypus. If you get copyright strike, it's not my fault. <laughs> He's a semi-aquatic brown haired boy of action. She's the feisty, clever bookworm who never flinched from the fray. Yeah, yeah. They've got more than just mad skills. They've got trauma to be all else. And women swoon whenever they see them slay. He's Percy. And she's Annabelle Well, he's looking for a job with his pen that's actually a sword. She's got incredible wit, really sharp, and several other wisdom-based attributes. The love's so tight, and always up for fun. So when evil see them come, checks in his food. He's Percy, and she's Annabelle. to be all else and when the women swoon whenever they see them slay
Talking about love, but she, she, well.